This is Top Landing Gear. Hello and welcome to Top Landing Gear, the aviation podcast for everyone, whether you've got a passion for aviation or not. In fact, by the time you've listened to this, your aviation ardour may be well and truly damp. I jest, <laughs> of course. Now, jest is an anagram of jets. And as our business in this podcast is to inform, entertain or mislead on all aspects of aviation, for this episode, we thought we'd combine those two factors and do a podcast all about business jets. Fortuitous, isn't it? Beautiful, beautiful. Well, we'll come on to that. Okay. Uh, also known as corporate or executive jets, these are the means of travel for the rich and famous for whom the planet's sustainability perhaps comes a little bit lower down their list of priorities. <laughs> a bit controversial. Uh, and our guest is a man who has flown such people and continues to do so as a highly experienced pilot in the bizjet world and who has a wealth of quite extraordinary stories of his life in aviation. We'll hear from Mark Bloyce-Brook a little later. And speaking of wealth, as the lead singer of top <laughs> indie pop band Scouting for Girls, you'd think he'd be flying in private <laughs> jets with the band on every tour they do. Not so. In fact, they're extremely excited about the battered white Ford Transit van they've just upgraded to as their tour bus. It is, of course, Roy Stride. Hello, hello. That's all environmental reasons. That's the only reason we're not in fast jets. Of course. <laughs> now, someone who regularly flies the rich and famous and has even flown members of the royal family, it's our former RAF helicopter pilot, now with the airlines, and our self-styled aviation expert, with the proviso that we don't include aerospace within that area of expertise. <laughs> it's James Cartner. Good afternoon, evening, morning. Just managing to raise a smile. Well done, Jimbo. <laughs> now, living the high life has never really been for our next team member. He's a man of the soil, more at home using his dumper or indeed his thumper for banging in fence posts. It's our agricultural fencer and author of our achingly overlong quick facts segment. <laughs> it's my bro, Jesco. Hello, everyone. <laughs> and finally, someone who's no stranger to living in the lap of luxury, or, or any lap he can find, actually, uh, and is the human embodiment of a shiny corporate jet with his gleaming outer skin and sumptuous easy wipe cream interior. It's me, <laughs> broadcaster and Jez's brother. Rob Curling. That can't do you go do? out, surely. You need, yeah. your, you need your own one-man show, Rob. Well, I, <laughs> Roy and I went to Farnborough. We went around some of these biz jets and they're nearly all cream interiors they and are. I'm sure they're easy wipe. Mm. I mean, <laughs> Why would they need to be? Well, things get messy, don't really? they? I mean, you fly air aircraft, you know that. Not that messy. Yeah. No. Good. Well, lovely to, to see everyone. Lovely to... Be up and running again. The pod is up. People have been listening. Yeah, um, yeah. And we're all excited. Yes. And everything's different. We're doing a, we're doing a pod in the daylight. Yeah. You can see outside of Roy's studio to the trees and the birds and blue sky. Mm. We've got a new seating arrangement in the studio. Very no exciting. No table. <laughs> no table. No table. There's a long mind. story about the table. Yeah. I'll come back to that. Okay, yeah. Come back to that. So that's that's great. <laughs> yeah, and we're all super prepared for this episode. Super prepared. Yeah. And you, James is driving to France tomorrow well, I at might 6 be. in a car that broke down <laughs> 10 minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah. 
So we can <laughs> really, the, we can the really shortest episode James. ever. Yeah. See how well yeah. he takes it. Yeah. So we've got <laughs> loads of Ask James questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Will you still be married in the morning? <laughs> will you, That's marginal. Will you still be in the country yeah. in the morning? That's marginal. Yeah. yeah. No Jimbo. We'll yeah, find yeah, out yeah. next time we record. Yeah, but next time we could we can find out did James make it? Yeah. Yeah, what's the channel? That's our only. That will be our only. Ask James question. Yeah, yeah, it might well be. Of course, Ask James is just one part of our, our podcast, which is our chance and yours, the listener, to ask James any question on the world of aviation, but not so much aerospace. No, and we make a, you can't. No, we're making a very big point about one this. one thing in the name of a bunch of satellites. How can that ever be brought back on me? You had a bad day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jimbo's in a really bad mood. As well as the Ask, Ask James segment, we'll then have Jez's quick facts uh, all on the topic of uh, of the week. Uh, we'll then hear a, a clip from our guest, in this case, Mark Bloisbrook, and then the highlight, of course, which is is the quiz. So there's a lot to look forward to. Uh, James is on his phone. Yeah. Um, I'm turning it into silent because obviously you might have heard a little message. Yeah. Off yeah, I during that. Is it from so, the AA? Um, it's not from the AA, no. RAC? Yeah. Nope. Never. From your wife? Nope. <laughs> no one's talking to people. <laughs> oh, actually, talking of talking to people, and, and in fact, to do with your general um, bad mood this mm -hmm. evening, I was talking to a colleague of yours from uh, your airline, uh, who I bumped into on a walk a few weeks ago, and he right. said, "I oh, said, so are you are you still on the on the triple seven? He goes, "No, I'm, I've moved on to the seven eight seven. And he goes, "I said, "Oh," and what's I said? "Oh, it's great, it's a lovely aircraft, it's a much nicer environment." In what sense? He said, "Well." The, the way they've, uh, there's more hum humidity in the cabin. Mm. It says it makes me, when I come home, I'm in a much better mood and I don't have a perpetual cough. And I went, oh, oh wow. Oh. Well, well I just wondered when you were going to go on to the 787. <laughs> yeah. Because you're, A, tonight, obviously, in a really filthy mood. Yeah. And B, uh, you're always bloody coughing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that whole first two series, you yeah. had that cough. And yeah. it was yeah. during COVID. It was as the well. beginning of yeah. COVID yeah. when we did the photo um, shoot. Yeah. Well, no, I remember yeah. we did, the, actually, we went to um, speak to uh, Jim Schofield. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And we were waiting at the um, reception desk at Goodwood. Yeah. That's right. And they said, yeah, none of you got COVID now. And then I just went, and you haven't really stopped since. No, no. no. This and is that, was, be, this that was the first incredibly bad taste. Mm. Uh, anyway, so I thought that yeah. I was amused by that. I'm, no, glad, yeah. I'm glad your your bad mood has triggered it, my memory. So it's nothing to do with my personality or my health. It's just flying the type of airplane that I fly. Yeah. So gives me a bad mood. And... Is there a is this a, a true thing about the triple? Okay, so the that's actually going to be my question. Yeah. Well, that is now you've asked it. Great, so great question, Jess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, thanks, Roy, for actually asking it because I forgot. The 787 pressurizes to a lower altitude. Right. Um, so when you are in a 777 at its, at its uh, maximum altitude, the cabin is about 8,000 feet. Right. In the trip, in the 787, it's, it's up to 6,000 feet. So it's a couple of thousand feet lower. Wow. They also they don't use engine air pressure to, um, to pressurize the cabin, they have special fans. Right. So, um, and that's supposed to be more give more moisture to the air. Okay. Uh, and doesn't it isn't dry air that's come through the engine. Wow. Um, through so, the yeah, genuinely, said, I said, is that really a thing? Yeah. And it genuinely, yeah. Said, yeah, no, no. I am genuinely in a better mood. And my wife has said I've stopped coughing endlessly. That goodness, that is bad. Do you know anyone who ever flew the seven oh seven? I mean, John Hutchinson, our my, my old man did. Did he ever yes. talk about 
I think they used to get water which came through from the loos, mm. which used to come drip on the uh, on the pilots in, in the cover. It had a, a bit of a rubbish reputation. <laughs> never heard, I've never heard that before. Yeah, no. I think I think it was a little bit leaky in, in the leaky. worst possible mm. way. Oh. The seven oh seven. That is the worst. <laughs> there is no worse yeah. way. Yeah. No. I'm not but sure. I remember in the in the Wessex, it used to leak all the time. Mm. Whenever it rained, it used to yeah. leak. Yeah. And the, the 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 overall saying was, "Thank God, Wessex Westland don't make submarines." <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that's another question. That's my name now. Yeah. It's great. It's chat. <laughs> when I was watching the uh, the Navy documentary Warship recently, right. yes, I watched it. It was terrific. And um, quite often they're they're on, in one of the, the helicopters mm -hmm. out on uh, anti-submarine yeah. manoeuvres or whatever. Which I, I can't, was it in Augusta? No, no it's, a, it's the uh, the one one, isn't it? The um, like the Merlin, Merlin, the Merlin. Yeah. Thank you. But when I whenever they were filming in the the cockpit of the helicopter, there was <laughs> enormous amounts of vapor blowing in. It looked like dry ice. Mm -hmm. What? Why? What vaping. is vaping? That sounds like a navy thing to me. Probably just the. I mean, because of the. It was significant. In the noticeable. In the car. It was just. <laughs> there was a lot of vapor, just water vapor, I assumed, just around the pilots. It I looked like it was being blown it, in. It might be a low level hovering over the sea issue. Ah. Um, because obviously you get the, the, the blades have all sorts of pressurization to the yeah. air and, and, and you do get condensation forming. Okay, so maybe over the sea, low level. I, I've not I witnessed it, but uh, I, I haven't seen that. But yeah, no. well, if you do get a chance, I will. You, you might, you mm. might know more. But okay, so you don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, <laughs> quite unusual. It's not, it's not something that I've ever experienced. No. Talking about the blades. Yes. We are uh, very sad to see their demise, but in fact, they're still going for the time being. As we record this in mm. March, I think they're doing some stuff. Doing, isn't it May or something? That's the ceasing. Yeah, which is probably when this is going to go out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. 2XL Aviation, who I think own the blades, yeah. have a number of different aviation aspects to yeah. them, I understand. And they... Um, they do crop spraying. They, do, uh, but they, they certainly do things like... Um, they do marine surveillance um, for oil slicks, that sort of thing. Yes. They've got all sorts of different arms, one of which is the blades. And I don't think they can make the blades work financially no. for them. And it's a tough business, made tougher by... Rules and regulations since Shoreham, and I think yeah. they just um, it just wasn't worth them shame, carrying on. Yeah, really it's a real shame. So yes, from a business, we pure business never took up our offer to go no. flying with the blades. I know. No. I know. Error, it would have been dull anyway. I think <laughs> <laughs> it might have been. Should we do a question from a listener? Oh, yes. let's do a question from a listener. Dear Top Landing Gear crew, first of all, thank you very much for producing your brilliant podcast. Oh, I listened you. and re-listened to it many times and oh. thoroughly enjoyed it every time. Thank you. I have a question for James. Okay. In the Vulcan episode, you mentioned several types of military decorations, DFC and bar. Hope I got that correctly. Could you please explain what those are and what they are awarded for? Thank you very much again for the hours and hours of fun and interesting facts. Ooh. Ooh. Not quick, just no, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> didn't say quick. Yours truly, Mia Kambik, pilot hopeful of Slovenia. Wow. Oh, Slovenia, yeah, also a beautiful our, country. One of our international listeners. Yeah. yeah um, so the, the main two... Uh, awards you can get for um, gallantry in the air, as it's called, are the DFC and the AFC. Yeah. The Distinguished Flying Cross and the Air Force Cross. Um, the DFC is given only generally in contact with the enemy. Right. So if you have been in involved in, in some sort of combat combat operation um, and do something particularly good, then you'll get, you can get a DFC. If you did something 
outside of enemy contact, for example, search and rescue, right. you're much more likely to get an AFC, which is an Air Force Cross. Okay. Oh. If you get two, <laughs> then rather than giving you a second medal, they give you a bar on right. the medal. Wow. So it's the second one. So you have DFC and bar means somebody's basically got two. Two and can you get more bars? Yeah, you it? can get multiple bars. And Which how, one would you oh. have liked most to have had? Oh, I, it's not about medals for me. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and how how do you go about getting one? Like I know, obviously, once yeah. who who? Yeah, so, for example, quite a few were got in Af, um, Afghanistan by the Chinook Force. Yeah, the, the Chinook Force are very good at collecting these things because they write each other up very well. Um, so <laughs> they've got you, you go there and something happens. And a, um, a somebody else gen- generally writes that pilot up right. by saying they were noticed to do this, 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 and this, um, and due to the going above and beyond the call and all that sort of stuff, then you could then you um, been, you've been recommended for a DFC. That then goes to a panel, yeah, and and the a, a panel then decide which should be DFCs and which which aren't. Uh, and there are, I mean, it sort of starts off with. Sort of well done's and flight safety things up to get a green endorsement in your logbook. So if you've done something particularly, um, well, maybe saved an aircraft or um, saved some people, you might get a green endorsement. I got one of those in the Wessex for making it not roll over. Oh, uh, oh. I didn't get it taken off me from the Puma for making it roll over. <laughs> um, <laughs> they give and they take. <laughs> um, and, and there's all sorts, of, and, and then different awards up to DFC and AFC. Wow. Um, okay. And you can get um, you get length of service medals as well, don't you? Yeah, I mean, there's other medals as well. You, yeah. you get um, obviously operational medals for just serving in. You get theatre yeah. medals. So yeah. if you've been to Iraq, yeah. been to Northern Ireland during the Troubles, yeah. then you got medals for that. Yeah. Um, but then the 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 actual crosses. So if you see someone with loads of medals, yes, they got circular medals. Those are generally operation uh, theatre medals for yeah. taking part in an operation. Oh, if right. one's a cross, it's it's normally a little bit more. Wow. Amazing. Great, yeah, great question. Great answer. Yeah. yeah. Um, James, a few interesting, quite disturbing things in the press again <laughs> about, about airlines. Um, mm-hmm. One or two that we sort of messaged about earlier in the week. Oh, yeah. What was the one that we, we were just talking about? Was So there was a, I think, was it Southwest? An, an airliner out in, in the States, and I believe one of the pilots became incapacitated. Oh, yes. Um, and so they then somehow... A, a pilot who was flying as a passenger found out and, and came up and offered his it's service. It's from another airline, isn't it? Yeah. Another airline, yeah. yeah. Oh, so I thought it was from, from, the, from the film. Airplane. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he, they all um, had the chicken. Yeah. <laughs> he had the fish. So he, um, yeah, he, he came up and, and assisted with the, with the landing. Um, and, and uh, what phase outcome. of flight were they in? Were they? I, th- I think they're in, sort of in the cruise, but it, mm. okay, they're coming up. They wanted to get in quickly to try and get medical assistance to the, to yeah. the sick pilot. Right. So he came in and just helped with the approach and landing. Yeah. Um, which it wouldn't have been a disaster had it not happened, had he not been there, but um, it made it a lot. Of, I imagine a lot easier for them yeah. rather than just doing single pilot operations. Yeah. Does this actually happen? Quite. I mean, people get sick mm. in, in all walks of life, yeah. and there's no reason why. Pilots shouldn't become sick any more than anybody yeah, else. It's, 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 it actually happened quite often. Not that often. It does happen probably maybe two or three times a year. Yeah. Really? Um, we, it's something we practice for in the sim quite a lot. Is it? Um, the incapacity crew, crew member. And there are all sorts of protocols to basically get medical assistance to the other guy and also then as you're now working single pilot. So the workload goes up a little bit. It's still manageable. 
Uh, and you can use cabin crew to help you out if they if they need help. Interesting. So what and uh, what sort of duties would that passenger um, pilot have been given to do? I mean, because well, depending on on how au fait they were with that particular type of aircraft. So if, yes. if it was on an Airbus and they were Airbus rated, they could sort of almost you know do as much. But but you'd normally yeah. you'd do things like give them the radios. Get asked oh, right. them to run through checklists for you, or yeah. you read out checklists while you do them, and just basically the, the big thing is monitor the other pilot, make sure he doesn't make any mistakes, because mm. it's mm. it's very easy when you're focused on right, I've got to get down as quickly as possible. Yeah, um, to to sort of let some of your what you would normally consider a safe approach, just let that yeah. go a little bit, and for someone else to be there and say, actually, should we just do this that way, yeah. is a great thing. It has gone, you know, I mean, to the other or the the extreme extent was it wasn't the passenger, but there was a third pilot. Um, in the jump seat of a DC-10 um, a long time ago. Oh. Uh, and they had an engine. It's the one in San Diego. Where, uh, where, where did they end up? I'll, it'll come to me. With the engine um, blade fan on the yeah, third engine? Yeah, the middle engine basically cut through three control lines. Yeah. And they had no controls. Um, and so they worked out they could fly it by using differential thrust. Incredible. Um, on the two remaining engines. Um, and they there was a... A training captain, I believe, in the in the jump seat, who was basically flying the engines, That's while right. the other two flew the remaining controls and and got the aircraft. Yeah, um, and they got it down pretty much to about ten feet, and they just lost it a little bit at the end. Yeah, it cartwheeled. Most of the people on board survived. Yeah, uh, some unfortunately did um, did lose their lives, um, but that that wouldn't have been possible without someone in the in the middle seat. Basically flying engines. That's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, those guys were interviewed actually. Sioux City was it? I think it went to Sioux City. That's I right, think yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, and the right. flight deck, the flight crew all survived, um, and were able to. What yeah. if there wasn't a a qualified pilot mm -hmm. down the back, and you still needed someone to help? Yeah. What are the regulations surrounding that? Because if you get a complete stranger, or yeah, a you, it would be very, it would be very, very rare to get yeah. a complete stranger. I mean, so what are your options? Then? So your options are when I mean, you can fly yourself. The whole thing, the, the the job is manageable with one person. Right. Um, that's basically why you have two. If you do lose one, then you've still got one. Yes. There is a bit of a push at the moment with regulators and airliners and things to push for single pilot operations at specific times. And you can see that's the way the whole thing will be moving to really? no pilot operations in the ultimate future. Uh, and I did have this discussion with my, my son last night. I said, would you get on an airplane with no pilots? Yeah. <laughs> he said yes. Well, he's seen his dad fly. Yeah. Yeah. Preferable. <laughs> and um, and there's, that's a generation of people that probably, yeah. you know, trust drones to the extent that we would never. Gosh. Um, and, he, and he said, well, I've looked at the thing and, you know, 60% of accidents are caused by pilot error. I said, but what you don't see... Does he not speak very well? No, he's, he's, no. He, he can speak well, but he chooses not to. Uh, but what I did say is you don't see the instance where the aircraft was saved yeah. by yeah. pilot intervention. So it's... Mm. Um, it's a misleading it'll be a, It'll be an interesting debate coming up because that is going to hit the aviation industry over the next 30 years. As it has with cars. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we'll see. Wow. As with music, I was literally just watching a AI... Uh, plug-in now mm. where you sing into it and you hit Kanye and it sounds like Kanye West. Like really? you sing it and it sounds exactly like Kanye West. Would you want that? <laughs> Do you just, <laughs> is, it, is it fairly anti-Semitic? <laughs> no, it was, it was, uh, yeah. Maybe, yeah. Well, it's I like chat, this isn't through. it? The chat, oh, chat GBT, yeah. LGBT <laughs> thing. You've got the wrong one. Uh, yeah. You're on the wrong chat, website. Chat GBT. I mean, who chat needs a presenter anymore? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, we've, we've, What's Chat GPT? So it's it's a thing you can basically 
type in any requirement. requirement. So, I mean, for example, an essay. Um, oh, that, give me an yeah, essay yeah. on yeah. Um, why oh, some quick facts? Yeah, or some quick on facts. business <laughs> chats. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. this could be. Uh, are you basically saying we don't really need you anymore? Mm. Or have you ever? No, 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 no. To no, me, no, 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 no. We've always been saying that. Yeah. <laughs> this is nothing new. But right. But now you're going to actually say it on the on the pod. Yeah. They're going to sack me on air. <laughs> Oh, that'd be quite fun. I haven't even got a car here. I couldn't even get home. I just have to sit here while you carry <laughs> on without me. Rub yeah. it in. Yeah. Well, at least I, well, my car that I do have does work. Yeah. So. You've um, been doing some responsible phoning around, bro. Well, I just, in a slight moment of panic. You might be off the I... pod soon, so let's contribute. <laughs> yeah, a slight moment of panic because I haven't contributed as much as I would like to have done to this pod, which you'll find out why in a minute. <laughs> Uh, uh, I um, I was thinking, well, what's been going on in the world? So I I um, was wondering what had happened down at the Cornwall Aviation Heritage Centre, mm. which we talked about a bit in the last series, which has been threatened with closure because the landlords, which is the Cornwall Council, mm. want to chuck them out of there, mm. the, yeah. terminate the tenancy yeah. at um, St Morgan. Mm. Yeah. So I thought, well, I, I had a quick look on their website and I had a quick look on their uh, socials. Nothing particularly up to date. Um, so I just thought I'd give them a ring. So uh, it seemed a lot simpler. So I actually rang, uh, the uh, and the phone rang and rang, and then it kept ringing. But I was um, he knows how to tell a good story. Yeah, uh, a bit like this. This uh, well, I'm actually trying to find. <laughs> I'm just going to keep saying that till I found the bit. So I ended up speaking to Centre Director Richard Spencer Breeze, terribly nice chap, and I said, I, "Who I explained who I was? He'd never heard of us." Um, and um, he said, uh, there is a press release coming out in the next couple of weeks. I can't say any more than that. I said, oh, is it good news? He went, mm. So I think we're a little bit oh. in limbo. Yeah. Uh, but by the time this pod a, goes out, I wonder if... I hope there's some good news, because it would mm. be an absolute tragedy if that went but the by news the was it had been saved, was it not? There was news that had been saved, and they were going to find a new, um, venue, a new venue, a new yeah. location near Newquay. Um but um, what he did say, I said, well, look, we've, we've have talked about you in the past on the pod and we will continue to champion you. He said, well, please, if you can, can you ask your listeners um, to sign the, uh, the petition to save? Yeah. Uh, so I think if we can stick that up on the socials, yes, definitely. that'd be great. Yeah. But just in the meantime, we can do that now. Uh, if you go to change.org change and uh, it's save Cornwall Aviation Heritage Centre and sign that. Um, please, listeners, um, and get some more signatures on that. That yeah, would be please great. Do. And it'd be really good if we could save it because he then, in the, in the next sentence, said, "It'd be great if you could come down as uh, the pod could come down." That's and the sentence we wanted. That was the sentence we wanted, <laughs> provided they haven't closed. So yes, yes please, yes, yes, even please, more urgency to get those signatures. You. Yeah, please yeah. sign the petition so that we can go down <laughs> and have a lovely time in Cornwall. Yeah, Unlike great. the Blades, which were too late, we need we're to. Yeah, we actually need to be a little bit more proactive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's Richard Spencer Breeze. It's the Richard week Spencer of the Double Baron Lane, isn't it? With Mark Bloice Brook. I just had a text message by the way. Car is running. Way. That's great news. Good. Your wife has managed to fix the car. She has. She's yeah. a good egg. I gave isn't her some she? specific instructions. Yeah. Well done. Don't get so, are you going to cheer up now? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> are you going to become unbearable? Though? No, not unbearable. I've never been unbearable. Oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, there was another change.org thing, of course, which is the continuing saga surrounding Scampton, yeah. because it looked like it wasn't going to be turned into a, a an immigration centre or whatever no. they. It's not quite that, is it? 
Uh, and now it looks like it could still well be. Yes, I think it's up and down with, with Scampton. Mm. But I think the government are looking at options for where to house refugees. Yeah. One of which, Scampton is, is one of the ones, and there's another base in Essex they're looking at as well. Right. And also um, disused ferries. Yeah, that's come up again, hasn't it? I mean, things, yeah. yeah. So um, I think it's one of the one of the places earmarked for but refugees. But even go. if they did use it as refugee camp, that mm. doesn't mean surely that the heritage part of the airfield couldn't be saved, does it? I mean, there's a you, lot of space on an airfield. Yes, it's enormous, yeah. Scampton, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. I did see a, an awful rumour that say that the that the office has been yeah um, cleared out, s- stripped out. Yeah, we should get um, hold of our mate Colin. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, um, you show this around, and which is a fantastic episode, which is available to listen to now. <laughs> it is a great. <laughs> it's it an amazing episode where we went round Scampton, yeah, guided great. by Colin, who is one of the most informative guides I think he was ever. Brilliant. Works in Tesco, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. he was fantastic, and that's yeah. definitely worth listening. That to. is worth listening yeah. again. Uh, well, let's try and get him on next. Yeah. Yes, next. We uh, do a phone in. Yeah. yeah, let's get an update or a phone out. Perfect. Yeah. Great. Anything yeah. else, Jim? In the aviation like world? In the aviation world? Um, no, it's all been very quiet. No. Bro? Nothing. What about you and your flying? Roy, what's happened? I, I, I've had a little... I've been, I'm so busy <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> I've, I'm just finishing off this album. Yes. And very exciting. I've, I've just... Album number seven. Album number seven. Does it have a name yet? Yeah. Uh, it's called The Place We Used to Meet. Ooh, that's an exclusive. exclusive. Well, by the time this comes out, every, it will have been released. So you can, probably, <laughs> you can probably order it by now. So yeah. please do. Please pre-order it. We're going to go on tour in October. And uh, and there'll be a... In fact, actually, by the time you listen to this, uh, there'll be the first single will be out. Wow. So, Excellent. Yeah. That was quite oh, exciting. The other thing which I've been really busy doing is putting together Series 5 of Top Landing. Yeah, <laughs> I know. You have been really busy. And so well we've got... We've got three episodes coming up and they're all ready to roll. And so that's going to come out in the next, over the next three or four weeks. So there's loads, which hopefully lots of you have been listening to and enjoying. So uh, please let us know. Send in your questions for James. Yeah, and, do. Uh, keep coming back. And I see Whistle has done quite well as well, isn't it? It's doing very well. Yeah, yeah it's top 20 this yeah. week. So, Remind so literally now. The perform- so this is a song you wrote. This is a song I wrote for- here in this room. Oh, how exciting. With yeah, a table? Magic with a table. <laughs> with yeah. no table. Uh, no table. All the cars were working. Uh, <laughs> we, yeah, for, uh, it's come out with Jack Jones and Callum Scott. And it's, it's 20 this week in the charts. And it keeps, keeps going up. Yeah, it's, okay. you wrote. Are you performing on it as no, well? No, no, no. That's their up. loss, if I may say. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I'm not sure if they'd agree with you, but uh, no, I, well, I think they would have yeah. to. This is yeah. the, this is the dream, though. When you write a song and you don't have to do any any of the other work, <laughs> it's that's that's the absolute dream of songwriting. Is it? Yeah, is it? yeah. Oh, that's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. Well done, mate. That's well, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, exciting. Yeah, we're, we're nice. Let's hope that uh, however successful you are, let's hope that. We go a little higher in the charts in twenty. Yeah, mm. talking about performing. Could, could I could I plug a little a little oh, show yeah. that's coming up in Brighton at the Brighton Fringe? It's called Confessions of a Studio Anchor. Be very careful how you say that. It's me basically uh, talking. Confessions about... of a Studio Anchor. Correct. Yeah. Sorry, what I, did I say? I, I when you talked about it before, I thought. You did. I, I you? didn't you got get. It all I wrong. didn't even get the. You got it the all joke. wrong. Confessions of a Studio Anchor. <laughs> yeah. 
um, which is me, really. So uh, it's it's a sort of behind-the-scenes thing of, of television with some of the things that have happened to me, uh, but worse things have happened to other people. Uh, there'll be quite a lot of video and audio going in. There'll be quite a lot of audience participation going on as well. And at mm. the very end, the highlight is going to be we're going to try and do turnabout live so this is a quiz show i used to do on bbc one in the 90s we're going to bring it right up to date and and try and do it with an audience of 150 people well if anyone buys a ticket well uh, on stage so far aren't they they're all comped so far (laughs) still only 10 have have taken them um so that's going to be interesting to see how we do that my producer who devised turnabout is going to be a guest on the show as well and his his life intelligence is fascinating so we'll have a few little stories from him but i think it'll be a really really fun evening well Um, we'll be the judges it it wasn't (laughs) can i just say it wasn't my idea yeah (laughs) you can <laughs> no, we. Yeah. So, we, what, when is it? What's the date? When May do you get the seventeenth. May seventeenth. May the seventeenth. Uh, uh, tickets on the Brighton Fringe website or the Brunswick webs- website. We're performing it at the Brunswick in Hove, yeah, uh, which looks a great venue. Uh, mm. so it's it's slightly nerve wracking, but I, I'm I, I'm really looking forward to it. It's oh, brilliant. Be. We yeah. all are. Yeah. Good. Yes. Well, thank you. Thank you. It'd be lovely yeah. to see you there. No heckling. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, look, sure, we must turn our attention, yeah. I think, to the, yeah. the matter in hand, which is BizJet Aviation, mm. corporate aviation, call it what you will. Jez, I think you've got some quick connects, haven't you? I have, and I can't claim any responsibility for these due to the late arrival of... 11 cubic metres of concrete on site today because <laughs> I was going to write my quick facts having had a rather busy weekend uh, uh, this afternoon. So I'm afraid I had to uh, ring Rob in a slight panic when my lawyer is too late, uh, two hours late, and say, can you please write my quick facts for me? So these are Rob's BizJet quick, fact, quick facts. Well done. And yeah. uh, so if they're rubbish, they're his. Have you, have you, I hope you've read through. I'm reading now. Right, okay, good as luck. We, as, as we go. Okay, best of luck. Here we go. First small powered. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. Oh. Are there any, is there any bits in there which you've left on purpose? Okay. <laughs> Should we try that again? <laughs> yeah. I also don't know how to pronounce some of these. So I well, I've written go... pronunciations alongside them. Oh, I see. So you have. Okay. Why don't you do them? Listen, I'm really sorry. Are you still with us? Come back. Shall Come I start back again. Here we go. The first small. I mean, put put a bit of something in. The put a first bit of... small jet-powered civil aircraft was the Moraine Sonnier. Moraine Sonnier. MS seven sixty Paris. Uh, developed privately in the early 1950s from the... God, these are impossible. MS-755 Fleuret two-seat jet trainer. The first true business jet, though, was the four-engined Lockheed Jetstar, initially designed to meet US Air Force requirements and seating 10 passengers and two crew. Uh, it first flew on the 4th of September, 1957. Four days before my birthday. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, my actual, actual day, of birth. day of birth. Yeah. Which was eight days after Malayan independence. I'm just finding out now that a total of 240, uh, 204 jet stars are produced between 1957 yeah. and 1978, oh. which is that's a hugely long run, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, most of which were powered by four Garrett TFE 731 turbofans. Um, if these jump around a bit, I'm sorry if then I didn't write them. Uh, in the 1960 
for James Bond film Goldfinger, Bond villain Auric Goldfinger, famously met his end being sucked out of the window of his private mm. Lockheed Jetstar. Mm. Bono, uh, <laughs> 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 you rotten sub. <laughs> Flown, mm. which is not what you've written, oh. by Pussy Galore. <laughs> what did I write? Uh, you've written Blown. Um, oh, well, that's obviously quite whispering. close to getting on the keyboard. <laughs> yeah, uh, I should have read these two earlier, shouldn't I? <laughs> well, it'll teach you. Yeah, in Quantum of Solace, there are a number of business jets. <laughs> the main one being a Bombardier Challenger 604. Bombardier. Thank I you. gave you the pronunciation. Uh, it was after I had said it. So, <laughs> uh, which Daniel Craig's uh, Bond flies to and from Austria. Also making an appearance in the film was a Cessna Citation 5 and a Hawker 800. <laughs> Some of these bizjets uh, scenes were shot at Farnborough's extremely chic business aviation terminal, where Robin Roy met up with our guest, Mark Lois Brook. Lois Brook, thank you very much. The Hawker 800 was a development of the wonderful Hawker Siddeley 125, which first flew in 1962. In its normal configuration, it would have a flight crew of two and carry eight passengers, but could carry as many as 14. Almost 1,700 of these uh, aircraft of all variants, including, including the Hawker 800, were produced between 1962 and 2013. Um, maybe the world's first and most recognisable light business jet, and probably still most famous, was the Gates Learjet, specifically the Learjet 23. It has a crew of two and can carry four to six passengers. First flying in 1963, production ended in 1966 after 101 Learjet 23s had been delivered. And following the success of the Learjet 23, there were numerous developments up to and including the Learjet 75, uh, manufactured by Canada's Bombardier. Uh, and with the end of production in 2022, uh, the 75 was the last of the iconic Learjet line. Uh, there have been pl plans to build a Learjet 85, uh, but it's never got past the mock-up stage. And the program was cancelled in 2015 after Bombardier announced a 4. $9 billion third quarter deficit. That's a lot of money mm -hmm. for the loss of a thousand jobs. That's a great mm -hmm. shame. Because mm -hmm. uh, that's, I think, if I think of jets, that is what I always think. I think Learjet. most people probably mm. do. The yeah. Learjet, yeah. It's, it, people see a business jet, they say, oh, it's a Learjet. Yeah. No. But I'd be wrong too, because other notable oh. business jets, <laughs> many, of, many of which began their develop in 90, development in the 1960s, are the Aero. Commander, Jet Commander, which later became the uh, IAI. AI, thank you. Uh, Westwind. The Cessna Citation. The Grumman Gulfstream. Grumman. The Grumman Gulfstream <laughs> 2, which <laughs> led the now uh, ubiquitous family of Grumman Aerospace long range biz jets. And the Canadair Challenger, which was formerly the basis of the long range Bombardier <laughs> Global Express. Um, outside the US and Canada, France produced a Dassault. Dassault. I've written that. D-A-S-S-O. I've written Dassault afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, which spawned a whole family of hugely successful corporate jets, including the three-engine Falcon 50. Speak up. Out of which came the Falcon... I'm losing my confidence now. Out of which came the Falcon 900. Uh, Brazil Auto entered the bizjet market with the Embraer mm. Legacy uh, and the Embraer Phenom. Uh, which is used by the RAF as a multi-engine pilot training aircraft and which replaced the Beechcraft King Air in this role. Uh, in 2025, Bombardier are to, due to introduce the Global 8000, 
which with a top speed of uh, Mach 0.94 or 721 miles per hour, that is very quick, will be the first, uh, will be the world's fastest business jet. Um, unless someone produces a supersonic business jet in the me- meantime, which has been on the cards for a while, but is yet to come to fruition. Among the plethora uh, of celebrities who have their own private jets, Oprah Winfrey, uh, with the Bombardier Global Express, worth a staggering $42 million. Uh, Tom Cruise with the Gulfstream 4, that's uh, $36 million. Uh, Jim Carrey uh, with the Gulfstream 5, uh, $59 million, or well, £48 million. You have given me the building equivalent. <laughs> yeah. it took me ages uh, to work out. Exchange <laughs> rate. With a Bombardier Challenger 850, uh, I'll give you Sterling for this one, $32.5 million. Quid. Justin Bieber treated himself to a Gulfstream G600 for $60 million. Um, Kim Kardashian bought a Gulfstream uh, Gulfstream G650ER for $95 million and spent close to $60 million in renovations and upgrades. <laughs> and, of course, John Travolta, who we know has a Boeing 707 with a leaky cabin. <laughs> uh, uh, he also has three Gulfstreams and one Learjet. Wow. And those are... Some of the worst quick facts I've ever delivered, but very mm. interesting. Mm. Very good. Thank great. you. Well, let's let's, let's record it now, shall we? Yeah. Well, well written, I thought. Yeah. Well, <laughs> great. Well, thank you. Well thank written you. and not terribly I'm not going to edit that. So, uh, <laughs> edit that. Yeah. Listeners, I do apologise. I'm, I'm terribly sorry. I will read them through. Uh, well, there's no time. point now. You've done it. <laughs> uh, for next time. Mm. Yeah, jolly good. Um, well, should we listen to our... Yeah, uh, our guest. Uh, let's get a clip. We'll have mm. the full length interview, of course, in our full VAPS edition. Roy and I, we went in June last year to to speak it, to. God, almost a year <laughs> ago. To wow, Mark. Yeah. that's nearly a year. Yeah, because it was supposed to be in the last series, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And then yeah. we ran out of time. Didn't have time to read um, the facts. But wasn't it? He he gave us a fantastic tour around this unbelievable corporate biz jet center i mean the the yeah. terminal in itself was just stunning, how the other half it? live it really was even you were surprised <laughs> <laughs> I know, I, i'm surprised i wasn't mentioned on the sleb with private jet quick fact there roy stride with his uh Cessna 152 <laughs> <laughs> i didn't want to yeah. draw attention to it no, no it, it was absolutely fantastic so um mark Bloisbrook brook is is our fellow here uh, we going to farnborough in itself is fantastic because of course even though it's a big biz jet place now it was the home of the royal aircraft establishment and mark's life as a as a pilot has been almost entirely in the business aviation sector which has thrown up some unique challenges and extraordinary stories, some of which he shared with us in one of the most immaculate aircraft hangars we'd ever set foot in. It was a a funny trip. But but you you had some dodgy government contracts, one involving potentially gold bullion. Uh, I think that you were... There were some South Africans involved. Some oh Spaniards. no, that, that was all. No, that was all about completely about board. Didn't sound um, it to me. No. <laughs> well, has seven years gone by. Yeah, I think I probably. <laughs> no, um, we, we did the series of flights actually, where we would meet uh, South African Airways jumbo at Heathrow. So we fly in the lead Heathrow Park, right next to the jumbo. Uh, two two guys, really big, burly South African security. Uh, What's that? Is it Boss South African Security Agency? Anyway, they, yeah. they'd get off huge guys hard as nails, with a couple of briefcases. And they'd get on the, on the Lear, and we'd take them down to, I think it was Bilbao. Um, 
And when we landed, they then got in a fast car, all pre-cleared. Nobody, nobody came in to sort of check passports or anything. So I basically got off the jet, into a car, disappeared for three or four hours and came back without the briefcases. And we reckon uh, that it was sort of backdoor payment to France for something, maybe Mirage. <laughs> uh, this is in the height of apartheid. Isn't it? Right. Mirage spares or military. Anyway, it was definitely gold because... Yeah. Uh, I tried to pick up one of these cases and the handle almost came off. You know, <laughs> you, you know in, in films you see people sort of tossing yes. gold bars around. Like, yes. Trust me, it's heavy. So I picked up this slimline Samsonite and it was incredibly heavy. So I'm sure it wow. was gold. Um, so the, but that was all, all cleared at a pretty high level, pretty mm. high government level. Doesn't mean it's not dodgy, though, does it? Just yeah, well, <laughs> government's, government's not dodgy, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I've forgotten about that one. Yeah. I, I love these stories. Um, another question from James. Oh, it's, what's the longest range of a biz jet? How high, fast, etc. compared to standard airliners would you go? Uh, so, range, well, they vary. I mean, you know, Lear's up to 2,500 miles, although you don't see many Lear's these days. Um, I suppose, realistically, anything sort of 3,500 nautical to... 8,000. Um, the, the new Global Express will do 8,000 miles. Goodness me. Uh, wow. Which is tremendous. Yeah. Uh, I so do you, is there a secondary crew? You'd, you'd have to. You, yeah. And they have to be sort of configured in such a way that you've got two crews, because yeah. that's like we're talking about an 18-hour flight. Yeah. That, that's ridiculous. I, mean, I can't imagine anything worse, personally. But, no. Um, but they will technically do that. So, but most jets, I would say, sort of 3,500 to 6,500, 7,000 miles, that, that kind of range. And what sort of height are you flying? Are you flying above the... Yeah, generally are. They've got great performance. You know, they're all overpowered, all of them. So we're normally up at 43, 45, 47,000 feet, that kind of thing, which has an advantage that you can get direct tracks. So, for example, going across the Atlantic, you don't have to follow the track patterns that are published every day. You can just go in a straight line because you're above all that stuff. Yeah. So uh, in terms of routing, it's pretty good. So Um, what sort of heights are you talking about? 43. Oh, wow. 45, that kind of height. And how fast Uh, are you going? Mm-hmm. And speed-wise, yeah, they're a little bit faster. Well, I guess much, much the same as, as airlines, or eight six, eight seven max, something like that. Some of the newer ones, point nine, they're pretty quick. Yeah, um, yeah, oh, they're just great. They're beautiful aircraft. Yeah, you know, that's they are lovely aircraft. What about the way they're decked out inside? I mean, are the cockpits or the flight decks equally luxurious? Uh, not, not really luxurious. I mean, they're obviously state of the art. I mean, they're. they're 10, 15 years ahead of airliners, I would say, in, in technology, Gosh. mostly. So they're, they're very, uh, very high-tech. Um, they, they still can't make a decent seat, though. <laughs> I've never been in an aircraft that's got a decent seat for like three hours ago. Like, oh. In spite of the fact they'll tell you it's designed by Porsche and all the rest of it, you know, oh, really? I don't think they are. Yeah. It's the last minute, a couple of seats, put them in. Um, cabins, yeah, they can vary. I mean, they, they can be fabulous. I mean, you can, you can spend literally millions of dollars on a cabin. You know, depending on, on how you want it decked out. So, yeah, beautiful. Yeah. So, uh, to a lot of people, um, you know, it, it's an extension of their home. So they have it, you know, it pretty luxurious, um, but very, very comfortably furnished. How much? How much is like you? You were saying about how you get very attached to your jet. Does yeah. it have a name? <laughs> That's a good question. It doesn't, but it should have. Yeah. That's well, when, it's, when, it's right misbe- when it misbehaves, it has yeah. a name. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but, um, but no, it doesn't curious enough. No. Th- does it misbehave? What, no, they're pretty good. I mean, they're, they're all they're highly electronic jets. All of yeah. these things, like all modern jets are, you know, they're highly electronic. So, uh, yeah, they have sort of hissy fits from time to time. And, um, you know, very often the best thing to do is just shut it down, 
just turn everything off. Sometimes you even turn, take the batteries off, you know, just disconnect everything. Not, not whilst airborne. Not whilst, no, it would well, no. be fun to get to. <laughs> um, and, then, uh, and then put them back together again and build it up, and, and it's gone, the gremlin's gone. So, yeah, yeah they, they can, and that's awkward when you've got passengers on board. Yeah. But they, they tend to accept. Yeah. They are getting more and more reliable. Each, each software update kind of stabilises things a lot. Um, so, yeah, um, we, ours is actually pretty good. And um, uh, what is your favourite bit of kit? In the, like your newest state of the art, you were saying when we were out there how you've got these head-up displays of which can show you what's on the ground. Yeah, so, so a, a lot of um, a lot of these new aircraft. Actually, ours doesn't have a head-up display, but most of them do. So um, the head-up display, EVS, which is enhanced vision system stuff, it's all it, it's all stuff to give you more situational awareness, um, and, it, and it is phenomenal. You know, the, the, your situational awareness as you fly these days is just tremendous. Why would you um, need that, that more than an airliner? Or is it just because they're so advanced? You, you don't really. No. Uh, it's just that they, bizjet manufacturers tend to pioneer this stuff, which then goes into... I mean, airlines have had HUDs for a while, don't get me wrong. Of course they have. Um, the military have had them for 40 years. Yeah. So airlines do have them. And I think it was Alaska Airlines in the States have pioneered a lot of this stuff, uh, in America anyway. But uh, yeah, they do have them. The 787's got HUDs and everything. HUDs are fairly old hat now. Um, but we have synthetic vision, so you're actually looking at a 3D picture of what's going on around you on the screens. Wow. Uh, you know, it, it's phenomenal. In terms of awareness of where you are with terrain and everything, from a, d- a terrain database, it's just tremendous. Mm. Yeah. One um, of the scariest tales in your book is, goes back to your Learjet days, because, because you're such an experienced a skilled pilot. You just, were, just be lucky. <laughs> you were given the job of doing a recertification flight, if that's the correct term, on the Learjet. Where oh you goodness, had to yeah. Put um, into stalls, etc., etc. Yeah, yeah. That was that, that sounded was, horrendous. That was fairly hairy. Yeah. So the CAA, in their infinite wisdom, decided that every CAA renewal, which was three years, you had to take an aeroplane up and deliberately stall it. Uh, goodness, I, I can't imagine why you'd want to do that. But that, that's pretty, so you had to check that actually stalled on schedule to the knot and all the rest of it. Yeah. So we, we went. We got everyone to do this the stalling test. Uh, it all went horribly wrong. Probably did not have this to try. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I'm flying with this guy Martin. We're up there, and uh, we do really careful calculations. We know what the C of G is. We know what the weight of the aircraft is. We know exactly when the, to the knot when it should stall, when the st- stick shaker and all the warning stuff should go off, and when it should actually stall and all that. And the, the Lear has a, a stick pusher as well. So the stick shakers like to warn you you're getting close to the stall. And the stick pusher just rams the stick forward to get you out of the stall, basically. So it had that, that device. So anyway, we do all this stuff. Um, we briefed it really carefully amongst ourselves. And we get airborne. Sorry, we, we, we slow down, level flight, decrease in speed very, very slowly. And we watch the speed. Yeah, that's all good. That's all good. 100 knots, 98, 97 or something. And then at 96, I think, we should have had the stick shaker come in. Uh, which it did, and so that's fine. We tick that one off, and then whatever I can't remember the fix now, ninety-three or something. This should, we should have had the stick push, which you know forces the control column forward and gets you out of the stall. Um, and nothing happened, and then the, the wing stalled for real <laughs> and flicked. So we then in the situation where we're very low on speed, and the aircraft is literally flicked almost upside down, uh, and just then the stick pusher kicked in. Oh. So we're now sort of in this, in this extreme attitude with the stick pusher kicking off, and it's all hairy, and we lose about, I can't remember, 10,000 feet or something. It's quite alarming. How high were you? Uh, high. Yeah, you don't do this low down. So I think we're <laughs> 16,000 feet or something. We didn't expect oh it to go bad, but it, the thing with the Lear is it's got a very... It's a, there's not one here to show you, but it's it got a very, very thin wing. 
very thin. Even bugs, you know, like squash flies on the leading edge will affect its stall performance. It's a very critical wing. And so when this didn't go as it should have done per schedule, it just basically flicked uh, and we were still kind of upside down. So what, what, what happened... What happens when it flicks and then the well, pusher happens? Well, so that- so, well it, it, I'll cover the sequence of events now, but we kind of got to this point and then the stick pushed it, it basically yeah. pushed the nose down even more. We didn't quite go through a, a barrel roll, but we kind of cut uh, to that position probably and then it pushed and then we pulled out of it. I can't remember yeah. exactly what happened, but it all happened at the wrong time, so the sequence is all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and and but then we recovered from the flight and I would say to Martin, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> and he says, oh, no, I've got to change my trousers or something. So it's like, <laughs> But, but it, it, I think it's bonkers. They don't do it anymore. But I think it's bonkers to insist that you do something to an aeroplane that it's designed not to do. So it's designed yeah. not. It's got all these protections to stop you stalling the wing of a Lear because it is quite critical. Yeah. And then you go and do it. And if you're a test pilot, I flew once with Pete Reynolds, who's the chief test pilot of Learjet in the states. Guy, he's a legend. But he could fly so precisely. You know, he probably would have got away with it because we're a little bit, you know, we're not test pilots, we're ordinary line pilots having a go at test pilot stuff, essentially. So when it goes wrong, it's no surprise. Uh, thanks to Mark Bloisbrook, and his stories are incredible. I mean, we, some of them are just jaw dropping, mm. and you must, if you can, Get hold of his book, Life in a Tin. It's called by Mark Bloisbrook. Brook. That's B-L-O-I-S and then Brook. And he is now releasing it. I think it's going to be on available on Amazon because the stories in there are just jaw-dropped. James, you would be amazed <laughs> no, right? as, it, a, as a commercial is, pilot. Just it, what goes It is always on. amazing how, how much, you know, I mean, we take, we, we get pretty much spoon-fed everything as, a, as yeah. an airline pilot. Those guys are out there doing the spoon feeding. Yeah, literally <laughs> buying the spoons. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they're not buying them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 God, he's dealt yeah. with some dodgy yeah. characters. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm um, not just talking about his clients. Yeah. I'm yeah. talking about some of the guys who who yeah. ran some of the companies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, there is a, oh, there's so many good stories in there. Is one mm. where he goes to pick up a guy from Biggin Hill who wants to be flown over, I think, to Amsterdam. And he turns up, and there's this one passenger, he's got a briefcase and a teddy bear. <laughs> and that's all. And he boards with uh, boards the fight and they go over. And uh, Mark's boss gets on the, on the line and says, um, make sure you get that cash right now because no one's going to be allowed to use that cash soon. This guy's just held up a building society in Hastings. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why he's getting out of the country. And the teddy bear? Well, I assume that's full of something else. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, A few drugs or something, I don't know. Wow. Diamonds. So, diamonds, whatever. Mm. So, I mean, but, you know, that's one of many (laughs) extraordinary stories and some really close scrapes, not not from the flying point of view, but from the stuff that happens when you're on the ground, surrounded by dodgy people with interesting I think it's an interesting world and sort of the money buying everything. You you sent us a few questions to ask him, which we did. Yeah, uh, you've just mentioned things like fractional ownership yeah. because they're all the different ways that yeah, the so jet so, industry I mean, works. Yeah, it's beyond me to try and explain. Well, I mean, it. So you've got companies like NetJets. Um, I think Vista and Tag possibly do it, have their own versions of it as well, where you can buy a share in an aircraft, like a timeshare. Yeah, and so if you put it down, I don't know, two million pounds, that buys you so many flights a year on that aircraft. So you don't own the aircraft outright. But you have the right to say, I would like my aircraft to pick me up here one day and take me there. And then maybe another aircraft will pick you up 
but you, you, you're depending on your level of entry, you're guaranteed a minimum specification. Okay. But you might get a better aircraft than that that arrives yeah. on the day. And so that companies like NetJets um, uh, and others are sort of constantly moving their their um, aircraft around to to cater for people who have. It's not they don't own one aircraft, no. but it's their share in an aircraft, if you like. There's um talking about moving aircraft around. There's a big story on the BBC website. This is back in uh, March, which is where we are now. Talking about um, Premier League flights, mm -hmm. the number of uh, flights oh, yeah. that Premier League teams do, and they I think over the course of was it a two month period, there've been 81 short haul domestic flights, um, with <laughs> flights just going you know internally throughout mm. the country to get people from Nottingham to Leicester. I mean yeah. ridiculous. Ridiculously short. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if that was one, but I mean, there were some really, really ridiculous ones. And um, just questions over. I think Nottingham and Leicester is the same airport. Actually. It probably <laughs> is, but they still use the yeah. Probably. But it was just just the question really of, you know, responsible use of yeah. of, of corporate jets and things. Is this? I mean, I know that I know that Tag, who Mark flies for, have a you know sustainable program yeah. and offset package and all that, and I'm sure they all. Yeah, try and do that. I think it's 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 the case. You know, if you look at fo football, is business in the day. It's a very very big business, millions and millions of pounds, and they probably assume that that they that the that it is worth them taking a flight because it saves so much time or hassle or hmm. X Y Z in order to to justify that. Um, but I think yes, I mean there has to be some sort. Of, if you're doing it purely for the convenience of your, yeah. um. Of, of your footballers or your board members or whatever business you're in, you know, there is a, there is a, a social cost, if you like. Uh, and I'm sure more and more people are looking at that. And, and mm. I think you know, being under the scrutiny of the BBC, when they, they've, they've looked at all these, these flights that, that, that have been taken. Um, but, you know, when all is done and done, if a business can save money by doing so, yes. and if they want to offset the, uh, the carbon, they can also do that. Yeah. If you believe in those carbon well, offset packages, that, which yeah. I, I think might have a you know planting a tree to fly to Edinburgh, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not convinced yet, but somebody yeah, might yeah. convince you one day. Um, but you know, it, it's like, can you justify some people no longer go on holiday by by air anymore mm. um, because they've got cars at work? Uh, <laughs> 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 um, but they, um, you know, so, so 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 some people take that social. Um, responsibility to themselves and say, oh, I'm no longer going on holiday. But other people, it's their two weeks of the year, and then they're quite happily to, quite happily, um, sod the planet if you like, yeah. for, for the for the chance to get away. Um, so it's it's a it's a balancing act. Uh, aviation's here to stay for for a while anyway. Aviation is becoming more and more sustainable. Mm. Uh, different companies, I think British Airways, Virgin, have both come out with new sustainable fuels, which seem to be. Looking, they it'll be an interim way forward where you can use the current engines, current mm, aircraft. That's amazing, isn't but it? with a yeah. more sustainable fuel. And that's already happening. I think, that's already happening. That yeah. an aircraft um, BA flew a an Airbus on 100 yeah. percent sustainable fuel recently. Um, it's not up and running to the extent that it can be yet that it can be um, commercially viable. No. But it's it's probably not far off. But it, it would take the whole industry to want to change. Yeah, yeah. which it will happen. Yeah. Um, and I, and I can see that'll probably be the the interim. Um, yeah. I think we have discussed um, mm. carbon before. Yeah, we so, have. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, there's always an outcry. I mean, you know, government ministers yeah, taking exactly. these yeah. rights. Uh, you know, royal royal family members, etc., etc. Yeah. Pop stars. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, I wish. Generally, I people wish. with a lot of money. Yeah. 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 Well, look, I think we've reached the time yeah. that we've all been really building for. <laughs> this is the Top Nothing Gear Quiz. <laughs> so is everyone ready for this? We um, we've got, got to choose the buzzers. So hopefully everyone's come prepared with a buzzer. Uh, and I wonder what, what, Roy, what are you doing? My buzzer is E minor. There you go. That's why, A minor, actually. Why, oh, yeah, is it? Yeah, yeah, I thought it was. Yeah. Uh, why, why A minor? Uh, it's the saddest of all chords. That's just, what's yeah. the happiest? Uh, C. Just C major? Yeah, C major. Really? But you're going for a sad one? Yeah. Is it, that's a shame. Yeah, it's all right. Okay, I'm going for C. <laughs> See, it's a slightly it's, out of tune. Out of tune, yeah, yeah. I'll go back, I'll go back to E minor. E minor. <laughs> okay. So Roy's going to play an E minor chord. Not, not very often. Although that's that's very basically well. been your emotions over the last two hours, isn't it? From A minor to C. Yeah. Now the card's working C. Yeah. E minor to C. Yeah. E minor yeah. to C. Now you've Jim, got to go on holiday with your family. Yeah. Jim, what, <laughs> what, what, what are you going to give us, Jim? I, I typed in Biz Jets but got it wrong. Um, <laughs> I got buzz jets, unfortunately. So we're buzzing. I, I hope I'm going to be able to hear that. <laughs> Jez. Well, I failed because of, obviously I couldn't do anything today because of this lo load of concrete that didn't turn up. Yeah. I've had to go back to an old buzzer. And because people who fly in business jets are generally people with bigger egos, I found <laughs> this one. Let's just see if this works from an old episode. Your ego is writing checks your body can't cash. Love that. <laughs> Love well, that. Yeah. Somebody, uh, that, yeah. that came from... Uh, I don't know, is it Top Gun? I think it's... it's yeah. It is Top Gun, yeah. We'll probably get sued for using that, but... Yeah. We get sued every week. Come on. Yeah, yeah no, I don't think you will. So that, that's my buzzer. Great, Love lovely me. stuff. Well, look, good luck, everybody. This is uh, the BizJet podcast You may quiz. not get much of my buzzer. <laughs> we may not. <laughs> this quiz, in fairness. Here we go, then. Are you ready? Yeah. Question number one. With over 2,000 sales... That's S-A-L-E-S... Uh, what is the world's most popular business jet? Yes, James. The Cessna Citation. The Cessna Citation. Can you read my... No, I can't read it. No. Would you like to? Well, yeah. You're quite right. It is the Cessna oh. Citation. James, well done. James scores. First point. Question number two. In which Bond film does Roger Moore fly what at the time was the smallest executive jet in the world? Now, I think this is the one where it comes out of a horse box. Oh. I think we heard the bees first. I'm going to... So here's a guess. Uh, for your eyes only. It's not for your eyes only. And, Roy, we heard an E minor chord there. I know. And I'm trying to remember. And it Roy comes out of the horse box. I know. Yeah. I can see... You even written a song about uh, it. <laughs> and didn't uh, it then fly through a... They were trying to close some hangar doors slide, and yeah. it flew through yeah, sideways, sideways yes, I think, on a wire. Oh, if it flies through sideways, then that's live and let die. No. no. Uh, you're thinking of when he jumps into a Piper cub or what it is, when there's yes. a woman about to have a yeah. lesson and they taxi through it. Yes, and the wheels that's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah no, okay. not that one. Uh, bro, any ideas? Just name a Bond Rod, film. Rod, Rod, Moonraker. Moon not Moonraker. No. It was actually Octopussy. Oh, way back in 1983. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and the aircraft, this, well, I'll get off this as a bonus. I don't think even James will probably know what the aircraft was. Tiddler, absolute tiddler. No, that's no. not a clue. No. It was called the Bede, BD5J Acrostar, B E D E. Yeah, tiddling, tiddling oh, little yeah. thing. Right, next question. 
A version of the Hawker Sidley 125 was used by the RAF for many years as a navigational trainer. What was it called in RAF service, James? Domini. The Domini. Lovely aeroplane. Lovely aeroplane. Did you ever fly one? No, fly never did. One? No, no, never did. Oh, you used to train navigators as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what I call it, a navigational trainer. Did you? Yeah, well, I, I think wasn't it. wasn't listening. Yeah, and presumably Dunsfold built them. Uh, I assume so. Well, they were, that was Hawker Sidley were, because yeah. the, the, the 125, which it was obviously based on, was there and had its test flight there. Well, they had a test flight when it hit some cars. Oh, that was awful. That was awful. Very, very sad. Yeah. No, it was the Domini. Lovely aeroplane. Question number four. Elon Musk owns a couple of Gulfstream business jets, but how far do you reckon he travels in these each year? Nearest will get the mark. Be interested to see where we're going to go with this. Yes, Roy. I'm going nowhere. None. None. You don't think he uses them at all? No. That's a great answer, but it's very, very wrong. Okay. <laughs> um... Who's going to go next? Your ego is writing checks your body can't cash. Correct. Yes, bro. Uh, I mean, 42,000. Do you want miles or kilometres? Either. Because they're vastly different. I've no idea. <laughs> Let's go miles. 42,000 miles. James, yeah. remember, it's the closest. 42,001 miles. <laughs> I mean, he, he's just a, it's so annoying. Yeah. Yeah. He's right, obviously. Yeah. Well, he, he's not right at all. He gets the mark because it's actually 150,000 wow. miles. That's enough to fly around the Earth more than six times. Wow. So James gets a thoroughly undeserved. I mean, that's so sneaky, isn't well, it? Well, yeah. playing the game. Yeah, I suppose it is playing the game. That's why he yeah. didn't buzz. Yeah. I'm not as intelligent as I look. No, hang on. <laughs> no, this might be another one that James plays into James's hands slightly. Mm. Question number five. Many business jets are certified to fly at a higher altitude than airliners. But what height is that? Yes, James. 41,000 feet. 41,000 feet. Let's open it up. Let's give it to the closest. Yes, 41,001 foot. 41,001. <laughs> I just love this. Well, I don't know what to do. Now. Okay, yeah, well, <laughs> go on. Go on. Um, <laughs> higher or lower? Let's go lower. No, let's not go lower because that would be ridiculous. Oh, dear. 42, 41,999. Oh. <laughs> Nine. Okay, you didn't have to be that accurate. It's fifty-one thousand feet, so you were pretty close, bro. Well done. You get your first point of this competition. Question number six: Biz jets can also be referred to as corporate jets, but what military campaign was known as Operation Corporate? Yes, James. Oh, I was going to almost. You always led me down the Malayan route, but I'm not going to quickly change and say the uh, Falklands. You are correct. Oh, yeah, it was the Falklands. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> nearly if tripped. I lost up. my buzzer. I'd have answered that. <laughs> so nearly tripped. Yeah, that's right up your street, bro. Well, Come I, knew, on. I know the answer, but I couldn't find that buzzer. Is it working now? Can I ask? No, the next I think question? I've deleted it. Oh, we've had uh, this so many. Oh, here it is. No, it's actually exactly where I left it. <laughs> right. I found okay. it again. Next question. Question number seven. Which corporate jet was acquired by 32 Squadron, formerly the Queen's Flight, in 2022 and was used by both Boris Johnson and Liz Truss in September to ferry them between London and Aberdeen in order to meet the Queen at Balmoral 
for one of them to resign as PM and for the other, briefly, uh, to take office. I remember seeing these. I remember watching them on the box. I didn't even know we had your these. Your ego is writing checks your body can't cash. Yeah, Was man. It? And then Brea. Of... Uh, now that you've learnt the name. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lovely <laughs> answer, but no. Oh. No, bad luck. Were you thinking of the Embraer Phenom or Phenom or whatever it's called? Yes. Which it clearly wouldn't have been, but no. No, it's not the Embraer. <laughs> no, but well done, bro. Good effort. Anyone else want to go? I do remember watching them. Yeah. And the painted up look. You know, in that Basically, thing. you're asking what is the current Royal Flight is well, jet. I suppose that is what I'm asking. Obviously, I'm of an era when it was the 125 and the um, 146. Yes. It's not that anymore. Yeah. Um, ooh, what have we got now? There's the Andover before those. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And I think the first one was one of the Georges had a repeat, mm. Lavin repeat. Um, I mean, I will it, could, guess it, it could, could hardly be a more expensive biz jet. Global Express. No, it's not a Global Express. Could well be. Uh, Roy, no, how are you on your biz no jets? No idea. No idea. Okay, it's the Dassault 900LX, oh, which is a three-engined aircraft. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, they haven't spared the no. pounds, have they? has a 5,500-mile range, capacity for 19 passengers. But that might be a royal requirement to have more than two uh, engines. Yeah. Uh, good think. thinking. Possibly. Good thinking. Yeah, yeah. Good, excellent. Okay, and I think we're reaching uh, the, the climax of the quiz, possibly. I mean, <laughs> is climax the right word? The climax is not the right no. word in any way whatsoever. <laughs> okay, the Nadir. <laughs> okay, the Odir. Here we go, next question. Which fictional multimillionaire had a personal two-seat jet called the Condor, which had an endurance of 21 hours? Your ego is writing checks. Yes, bro. I don't know the answer. I thought I did. <laughs> Well, let me just... I'll finish the question. Yeah. yeah. Endurance of 21 hours, a top speed in excess of Mark III. That's well over 2,000 miles an hour. Fictional what? Fictional multimillionaire. It's it's on jazz at the moment. He's mm. buzzed. He's I feel as I buzz, I should give you an answer. You definitely should, yeah. It'd be stupid not to. I can't think of any fictional multimillionaires. None. Really? That's it? You've had your go, have you? I, I mean, it's pathetic. Isn't I it? mean, you've not be, been my finest podcasters. No, really. <laughs> in, in all, you, you'll be in all senses desperately, <laughs> desperately disappointed with yourself. Yes, James. I think is it um, the senior Tracy? What's his name? Um, oh, yes. Oh, well, it's uh, Dad Tracy. Yeah. Well, hang on. <laughs> I can now answer that. No, bro. Mr. Tracy. Well, it, it is him. Yes. It's Jeff Tracy, Jeff Tracy. from Jeff. Thunderbirds. <laughs> Absolutely uh, right. Yeah, that's, a, that's a heck of a speed, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, that's, you know, it's nice. But there was the speed that gave it away that it had to be. Well, yeah, which well, um, I know who designed it. Go on. Brains. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a bonus. Well done. There is, there is, and I'm going to give you a Thunderbirds bonus here, okay. bro, and you've got to step in here. All right. Go Thunderbird. Without buzzing? No, you have to buzz. Just to find the buzzer. <laughs> Thunderbird's arch enemy is the Hood. Where was his secret hideout, an exotic, mysterious temple? Yes, bro. Malaya. The is, Malayan jungle. It is indeed in the Malaysian jungle. <laughs> well done, bro. Isn't that great news? Well, you've done well there. You've done well. Picked you, a couple up where I probably shouldn't have picked Did you know up. that it was in the Malaysian jungle? Yes, or was did. that just a guess? I'll tell you why I knew that, because I found something on... Uh, 
one of the social media things the other day. Do you know what? I've just remembered. I sent it to oh, you. Yes. <laughs> Collusion going on here. It's only having sent yeah. it. I thought, oh no, that's got that. But then I watched it, loved yeah. it, and then sent it straight to my mate Noah Meddings, yeah. yes. whose dad made all the puppets in uh, that bit of video. He made the models, not the, the models. Puppets. So the, yeah. the models in the video. Yeah. Yeah. Is that oh, brilliant. Not seen that before. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, anyway, it was a lazy and jungle. Yeah. And I need the answer. Yeah, I never knew that. Until I did a bit of Thunderbirds research, which takes up most of most of my yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> uh, So let's go through the final scores. Royd had a cracking start to the series, winning the first two pods, but today didn't get off the mark. Smashing my guitar up. Never yeah. using that again. Yeah. It's E minor. It's the wrong chord. Yeah. E minor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you wanted a more positive chord, yeah, which yeah. might have helped. In second place with a debatable three is Jez, <laughs> but our runaway winner with a mighty four is our aviation specialist. James Cartner. Thank you very much. Well done, James. Well, well yeah. done. Well, good, great yeah. quiz. I'm I annoyed myself <laughs> yeah. for not getting corporate. Yeah. Uh, well, corporate and perhaps Jeff Tracy. I mean, yeah. apart that, from me, you're the biggest Thunderbirds really fan basically I know. basically set up for me to win and I yeah. didn't. Yeah, you didn't, did you? So look, there we are. That's the end of a, wow, quite a, quite a um, tricky pod, I Tricky thought. pod. Yeah. Mm. You came in in a stinking mood. Slightly better now. No, your car's working. <laughs> I, can't, I couldn't read anything. Yeah. No. So I apologise for that again. Don't worry. But listen, listeners, I, I promise you the next um, pod to drop you'll love because it's the full interview with Mark Loisbrook that uh, Roy and I did. And that will be dropping soon, uh, our full flaps edition, as we call it. And then we've got more pods to look forward to. We've got Tony Hoskins and the photo reconnaissance spitfire and there's been a lot on the socials about that recently because sandy gum was the pilot who was in it when it shot down he was one of the great escapers and we just had an anniversary of the great escape so many listeners will be uh, well aware of that story and the restoration of this amazing spitfire aa810 so uh really looking forward to putting that one out that podcast is already out that podcast is already out. Of course out. it's yeah. out. Yeah, of course. Yeah. We've already done that. We've already yeah, done that, yeah. So by the time you listen yeah. to this, it will be out. So we listen to it right now. Yeah, if again. you haven't heard it, yeah. listen. Listen again. Uh, and listening. then we, <laughs> we've got to Croydon. We at last made it to Croydon. Yes. Yes. One of the first things on my list when we started this well. podcast. I think that was the most All impressive thing. Us. It was a great trip. Yeah. It was a lovely trip to Croydon and fascinating. And Ian Walker. Yeah. did a fabulous job, uh, job showing us around some uh, cracking information a lot of architecture in there as a lot well, of architecture. which I, I rather yeah. like that yeah mm. and then we've got more things to look forward to as well uh, we're planning to go and speak to Mike Woodley at uh, Dunsfold and there are many more things up our sleeves it's all slightly dependent on our pop stars <laughs> touring dates but you know we'll get there we'll get there will we Roy? Yeah, of course we will. It's all coming thick and fast now. Yeah, absolutely. Stop landing here. Yeah. yeah, man. Well done. And do remember, listener, if you'd like to listen to any all of our podcasts so far, including, of course, that Spitfire one, you'll find them on our website, toplandinggear.com, or wherever you normally get your podcasts. And please do subscribe. It's completely free. And let us know anything or anyone you'd like us to feature. We'll try and make it happen. We haven't done so far, but we might. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. (laughs) Actually, I must say, I I read somewhere recently, somebody put on the socials, please, can you do it on the VC10? And uh, uh, they've asked several times, and I can't believe it's your favourite aircraft, Rob. We haven't yet done that. So we need to find, we need to find listeners a good person to interview or somebody to speak to. I have them lined up. Oh, there we go. And there's a VC10 at Dunsfold. Yeah. And there's a VC10 at Dunsfold. One of our followers is a former RAF VC10 pilot. He's also a rugby fan. 
afternoon. So you'll get on well with him. Cheers. Oh, thank you. Um, of course, John Hutch, my old mate, yeah. Concorde pilot, he flew VC-10. So, uh, and we did have a VC-10 pilot on once, actually, who was in the Daily Mail Air Race. Now, yeah, I don't was, know if you yes. know about the Daily Mail yeah. Air Race. Everybody. What was the Daily Mail Air Race? Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, 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 seven or eight. That was yeah. our friend Rolf. Yeah. So he flew yeah. VC-10. Yeah. He flew a VC-10 in the Daily Mail Air Race. You can listen to that. There are about three or four pods of that. Uh, all absolutely stonkingly brilliant. Yeah, yeah. the great story. Um, remember, of course, you can get in touch with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Top Landing Gear. And please do email us with your questions for our expert, James. I say expert. I say well, I James. Proven expert today. Well, yes, all right. Okay. Yeah. Keep, keep your hair on. Uh, info <laughs> at Top Landing Gear. That's info at toplandinggear.com. Uh, two, 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 two And we really look forward to uh, seeing and. Uh, speaking to you again soon so thanks very much for tuning in thanks for staying with us if indeed you have i assume you have otherwise you wouldn't be hearing this now and um we'll see you soon i hope bye for now this is top landing gear <laughs>